if we're ever going to be the type of leader that God is calling us to be, we must follow him. Yeah. And to follow him, to follow Jesus, is to follow the way of humility. And so many of these points that we're going to talk about require humility. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, we'd appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode with others that you think it would be a blessing to. And uh, just to introduce myself, we've tried to introduce ourselves in the uh, last several podcasts, just so guys who are you guys who are new to this podcast know who we are. My name is Daniel Parks. I'm the West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life, so I oversee our ministry, uh, various aspects of our ministry on the West Coast. And I'm joined oftentimes, almost always, by Vicki Cassiorg. Introduce yourself real quick. Hey there, I'm a sidewalk missionary here in Charlotte, have been doing that for about nine years and been doing these podcasts with Daniel about two years. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. And these podcasts are focused um, really on, there's a, there's a lot to the ministry that Love Life does. It has to do with prayer walks. As you guys, if you've seen on social media, you've seen we do prayer walks and we engage with churches. Our Mission and vision is to unite and mobilize the church, create a culture of love and life that results in an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. That's our heart as a ministry. But there's various aspects of this ministry, and one of the most important aspects of this ministry is the sidewalk outreach aspect. That's my heart. That's where I got started in pro-life ministry. That's Vicky's heart. And so we bring these episodes to help encourage and equip people who are doing sidewalk ministry. And most of our episodes are focused really particularly on the sidewalk ministry at abortion centers. Right. And uh, we do divert from that from time to time and talk about other things. But, I mean, almost always it serves those who are on the sidewalk if we're covering other subjects that don't particularly pertain to the sidewalk. Right. And whereas this subject that we're going to cover really maybe doesn't particularly pertain to the sidewalk, uh, in a sense, um, it, it, it does. Yeah. But it could pertain to any kind of ministry, but we're going to be talking about it in light of sidewalk ministry being at the abortion centers. And that is what makes great leaders. Yeah. And you, you are going to have to have good leaders on the sidewalk, just yeah. as an aside. They, you definitely, in, in our facility or in our city, we have team leads yeah. of, of every sidewalk team. Yeah. And having team leads that are great leaders can really make or break a team. And yeah. it can keep volunteers or it can scare volunteers away. So this is a really important topic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's various leadership roles that people can have with the sidewalk ministry. But like you mentioned, one of the main roles is and just at least how we structure things mm -hmm. and have structured things with our sidewalk ministry here in Charlotte, which has been going on, I mean, officially since 2010, but I've been involved way before that and others have been as well. But the way that we structure it is that we will have a team lead. Um, we kind of structure our teams. We'll have a Monday morning team and a Monday afternoon team. 
time block of about three hours. And so for the Monday morning team, we'll have a Monday morning team lead. Right. Monday afternoon team, we'll have a Monday afternoon team lead. So have one person that heads up the team, they have certain responsibilities. And yeah, if you've got good leaders, if you've got good team leads with varying degrees of experience and leadership and varying degrees of giftings and callings, but at the end of the day, if they're good leaders, you can build a good team around good leaders. Right. And I would say, too, there's some other leadership aspects with the sidewalk ministry, some dynamics that are maybe a little different than Charlotte that work out in other cities where we'll have like one person that sort of oversees the sidewalk ministry at one particular abortion center. That person is raising up those team leads that we talked about. So I won't get too into the nitty gritty of the structure and all that other stuff, but there are various structures and because of those structures and the need for leaders within those structures, we're going to talk about what makes great leaders. Right. The qualities yeah. that, that make a great leader. And I will tell you, Daniel had me read this article about team leaders. And, mm-hmm. and I pretty much throughout the article, since I am a, a leader in, in, in our sidewalk ministry, uh, I would just say, ooh, ouch. <laughs> right. Because um, I, I think every area I could, I could certainly improve upon. So I think it's really helpful. I do think it's helpful. If you've been a leader a long time or a short time, I think these, these might, might, um, might be useful for all of us to think about. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, like, just realize as we go through these things, maybe there's some deficiencies in your leadership, mm-hmm. those who are listening or us who are talking. Right. There's definitely <laughs> some deficiencies. You're yeah. never going to be the perfect leader until you become exactly like Jesus. Exactly. And you're not going to become yeah. exactly like yeah. Jesus. We all can work on certain things. Um, and so... Don't let that which God intends to be an encouragement and to challenge you be a discouragement. If there's some areas where you need to grow in your leadership, then take these things. I mean, that's part of kind of being a good leader is being able to take right. criticism, yeah. being able to take um, what you hear. That's actually one of the points here that we're going to touch on in just a minute. Well, yeah. What you hear as criticisms and Examine yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. criticisms that come from other people are just that. They're just criticism, just people being critical. Yeah. Sometimes there's some truth to it. Sometimes right. people just want to point the finger and say you're a bad leader because they're frustrated or whatever. Yeah. Reality is they're a bad follower. Right, <laughs> right. Oftentimes. And yeah, that is definitely one of them that we'll get to. But maybe yeah. we should start yeah. with the first one. Well, let, let me say this first, because this article came from... an. It came from a Google search for me, actually. I was just looking at some leadership articles and things like that. And this article came. It's Scott Hagen. I don't know who the guy is. Right. Um, But it came up in Google. I started reading the article. I was like, man, this is phenomenal. Yeah. And so I think in – so you wrote an article based on this article, right? Right. Just to kind of make it more crafted towards sidewalk ministry. Yeah. Uh, but I think you list or you link the article within this article. I do link article, the right? article at the end of the art of this article yeah. that, that I wrote that we'll be putting out on Sidewalks yeah. for Life. Okay. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was it was really good. And, and there were some various obvious connections yeah. with what we do on the sidewalk, I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so he's got some kind of subheadings or whatever that we're going to go through. And, yeah, he had seven stuff. guiding principles, I think, yeah. of good leadership. But I'm going to add an eighth to start it out, okay? Oh, we're starting with number eight. We're going to start with number eight. Okay. We'll start with number one, and we'll bump all the other ones down to two, three, four, five, six, seven. (laughs) Because a good Um, leader has the privilege to do that if he wishes. Exactly, yes. So I can do that um, because I'm not a a good leader or a great leader. I guess I'm (laughs) I'm decent. Um, But I'm a leader that's learning some stuff, okay? Okay, good. 
And the most important principle uh-huh. that I have learned in leadership is this. Okay. John Maxwell, he's, he's a great leadership guru. Yeah, guy. I read a book by him. Yeah, he probably needs to write a book about this and, and give me some royalties for it. <laughs> he might have already written a book about it. Anyway, the first principle is this. The best leaders are good followers. The best oh, leaders okay. yeah. are good followers. But you know what? That is kind of my final point in, okay. the, in this article. Okay. And, and we're going to – so so can we hold off on it? It's a real – unless we want to talk about it right now because it kind of spoils the article. But we can move yeah. to the end of the article because who was the best leader who was the best follower and showed his followers yeah. how to lead by following. Yeah, yeah. Right? Jesus is the best leader. That's right. And, of course, he said he only did what he saw his father do. Yeah. He followed. He followed the yeah. will of his father. And so I will say, and this is kind of why I say that, and we can talk more about it at the end. That's why I don't want to yeah. spoil what you have. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the best leaders are good followers. Yeah. We have, if we're ever going to be the type of leader that God is calling us to be, we must follow him. Yeah. And to follow him, to follow Jesus, is to follow the way of humility. And so many of these points that we're going to talk about require humility, okay? Absolutely. And you, humility is practically the word means to get low, right? Yeah. But we know emotionally that's to not let ourselves be chief, our opinions, our concerns, what, what concerns us, what affects us to be the main thing, right? Yeah. We've got to be good followers of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He laid his life down, right? He laid his life down for the sake of others. And matter of fact, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you got to take up your cross, right? If you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be disciplined in my ways, you got to take up a cross. Oh, that's painful. So the best leaders are good followers and leadership is painful, okay? It's painstaking sometimes, but there's also rewards in it. So let's jump into our first kind of point here. Okay. And the first point is great leaders pay attention, poor leaders seek attention. I thought that was such a great line. Yeah. And it is so true because I was thinking in my own life about the people that I am most willing to follow, and they are not the ones that just want to take all the credit. Yeah. They're the ones that spread the credit around and um, and are humble. Again, yeah. at the at the root of this one is humility. Right. Pride is the mother of all sin. Yeah. And when we're prideful is when we're the ones seeking attention. Yeah. And so the great leaders, I love that they pay attention. I started really thinking about that. Right. Yeah. How does a great leader pay attention? What's he paying attention yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you guys who are leading at a at a higher level in your city or, or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you're you're going to try to raise up leaders like we talked about these team leads or these sidewalk leaders or whatever you know. And you want to be looking for people. A good marker of someone who would be a good leader for you is someone that pays attention rather than seeks attention. Yeah. They're not always trying to get themselves in the forefront of everything. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're they're there on the forefront because they have awesome testimony and, you know, whatever. But really, you'll see a good leader and a person that can be developed into a good leader when you see them complimenting other people, mm-hmm. when you see them going out of their way to thank other people for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, good leaders 
they pay attention. You, you can't know the good that other people are doing if you're not paying attention to it. Right. And so the, the picture would be then someone who's self-absorbed. The picture that he gives in this article, I think, is a picture, the kind of the contrast between David and Saul. Right? Yeah. Is that is, yeah. is that in the article you yeah. wrote that um, yourself? He, uh, no, I think that was one of the points that he made talking yeah. about the okay. between David and Saul. I don't yeah. think I put this that in the article, but it's it is a great example that he gave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so yeah. it's like Saul. Of course, he was jealous because right. David. Or Saul slays his thousands and David his ten thousands, right? But David didn't sing that song. It was the people praising right, David yeah. that David was humble. Yeah. But yeah. Saul didn't like to hear that, yeah. that there was someone better, getting more credit than he was. Yeah. And Saul was a horrible leader. He was. David was a great yeah. leader. Now, yeah. great leaders can stumble. We know David stumbled. Yeah. We won't labor long on that. But if you're looking for good leaders, look for leaders that pay attention to what others are doing, not just try to get attention for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one, I don't know if you want to... Well, the next one, the the secret to high-capacity leadership is knowing how to turn personal criticism into personal improvement. And for me, as I... He makes a big point in the article that Hagen wrote about the difference between criticism and accusation. I think you kind of alluded to that early on. And that... But there, almost every criticism that you're going to hear, almost every time, is has a kernel of truth. Yeah, it may have been exaggerated, and it may be phrased in an attacking way, which is, I think, when we're least able to hear it. Right. But if rather than becoming defensive, we're able to discern the truth in whatever that criticism was, we can grow from that. Yeah. All of us can yeah. need improvement and, and we're not perfect. Like you yeah. said, we're not we're not home yet. We're not with Jesus. We're not Jesus. Yeah. So um learning yeah. to take criticism and learn from it. Yeah. And l- let me say that this is an important principle of the Christian life. It is. People are imperfect, right? Yeah. You're imperfect. That's why you should be able to receive criticism. People are imperfect who give critiques or criticism. Maybe they're trying their best to give constructive criticism, but it seems like accusation. Right. At the end of the day, you're not going to stand before them. You're not going to stand before me. You're going to stand before God, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to stand before him, and his criticisms are always accurate, and they're not accusations necessarily. When God brings a truth to us, that we have a confrontation with truth, and he wants us to change, he does it for our good because he loves us. But he oftentimes does this thing, bringing criticism, bringing um, the truth to us. We have a confrontation with truth through other people, through imperfect people. So people, God may have put it in someone's heart to address you on an issue where you are not doing so well, and they deliver it imperfectly. That's why anytime someone brings criticism to you, your attitude has to be one of reception. Like if your attitude when someone brings criticism immediately is one of self-defense and things like that, you've got to check your heart. Just Mm -hmm. you don't have to respond. Here's the thing. When someone brings criticism, somebody says, you know, so I need to talk to you about this. I need to talk to you about something. Of course, when that you, oh, we you know all, that feeling, we all right? Cower like, when we oh, hear those okay, words. <laughs> all right, what is it? Oh, what's I have learned by God's grace to have my ear open, and if it's something about me, to take it, to not. I don't have to respond immediately. I can say, "Let me think about that." Yeah. Let, let, let me think about what you're saying. I even maybe write it down if they have a criticism. 
rather than to defend myself. Because if you are your defender, you got a horrible defender. But if you let the Lord be your defender, so if some of this stuff is criticism that is accurate and some of it's accusation, let God sort through all of that stuff. Let, let God be the one that sorts through it, because you're not going to be able to sort through it all anyway. So anyway, I'll just kind of echo this, this, this uh, point. The secret to high-capacity leadership is knowing how to turn personal criticism into personal improvement. Like and you said, there can be a kernel of truth. Apply what's good. Eat the meat and spit out the bones right, if you have to. Right, exactly. And I, th- I think that's a sign of maturity yeah. as, a, as a leader. Immature people uh, tend to want to justify why they're doing what they're doing that you have just pointed out. Yeah. And mature people, I think, are, are more able to just take it in. And um, and learn from what the lesson is and let the yeah. other just pass them by. Yeah. And listen, we have to acknowledge we need the grace of God to do this. Yeah. Right? So criticism hurts, especially when you're pouring yourself into ministry and you, you think you're doing the you're doing the best you can. Yeah. You think you're doing a good job and somebody comes along and basically says you're not doing a good job. You, you internalize that and you, you make it in your mind and your heart kind of reflect on who you are. But listen— you are if you're a child of God, you belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as his daughter, as his son. Right. And all the criticisms that can come, nothing can change that, right? If you're in Christ, none of the criticisms change that. The foundation of who you are does not rest in the opinions of others, but it rests in the truth of God's word. So the opinions and criticisms of others can be used by the Lord. To um, to strengthen your your trust and your resolve in in God, so let them do yeah. that rather than to shake you from your trust in the Lord. Yeah, yes, that's a really good one. Yeah, the next one that Hagen brought up is it's not what you achieve, it's what you set in motion. Yeah, and for me, as I read that, I was trying to think, okay, exactly what does he mean, and how could I apply that? Yeah, to to the sidewalk, and. We tell people all the time, we've said it so many times on this podcast, so much of what we do is planting seeds. You're planting yeah. seeds, and that's kind of, I think, what this author was saying, Yeah, that it, it you, you may not see w- what you have achieved, ultimately. Right. You may only see that a seed has been planted and that you can trust it's growing. Right. Because that's what seeds do. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's along this train of thought, our practical outreach at the abortion centers that we're planting seeds. Um, but also in this train of thought is um, kind of the idea that you're not just out there to be a leader yourself, mm-hmm. but you're out there and you're in this ministry to train up other leaders. Yeah. So you're not just doing the work with your own hands and laboring and laboring and laboring by yourself, but some of the things you're setting in motion is the people who you train up after you that can take the banner and run with it, right? So sometimes there can almost be a sense of jealousy. If you've been involved in a ministry for a long time and other people, God raises up other people and God uses you to help raise up other people and they run they run farther with it than you do, or they take it maybe to another level than you had, you that can you almost be jealous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can almost be jealous. Yeah. But the reality is, like, you're a part of that. Like, you set that emotion. That same dynamic is played out here in Charlotte, 
where yeah. it started out with, um, well, with Flip, Flip Benham here in yeah. Charlotte, plowing the ground in pro-life ministry at the abortion centers. And then his sons start Cities for Life mm-hmm. and uh, start that ministry, and it moves forward. And then they put me in as the leader. And then, um, you know, I'm trying my best to take it to the next level and seeing some growth. And then Love Life comes along and, and takes things to the next level. You know, there was some temptation in me to be a little jealous, like, okay, we never were able to get churches on board like Love Life is. What's going on here, right? right? What, yeah. What's going on with this thing? A little bit of jealousy. But by God's grace, I took the attitude of let let Jesus increase and let Cities for Life, let me, let any other thing decrease. Like, if this is what God's doing, then you do it, Lord, and I'm on board with it. You know, right. and that, that takes an right. attitude of humility. Yeah. And it takes me remembering it's not just the things that I do day to day, but it's the things that by God's grace I've helped set in motion. The same for you, Vicky. Yeah. You've trained up people after you who are who are running with this thing. You've yeah. been involved in some of our boot camp trainings that we do here in Charlotte. You think about what you get to see. You've poured into some younger people. I think of Jenna, who we interviewed on this podcast some right. time ago, right. who's in Roanoke, who's like, she's like a mini Vicky, you know, or even like Veronica, who's here serving and others. You know, I can't yeah. name all the names of people yeah. that you've poured into, that we've poured into here that are doing the sidewalk ministry. Yeah. Right. And so we've yeah. set some things in motion there that, uh, you know, it, it's not something really we achieved in the sense, but God used us to set some things in motion. So there's a couple of aspects to this point. Yeah, well, that's a great point because I do often look at the teams that largely our teams are have been trained by me yeah. or by you, and um, there are some old timers there that were there before I was, but n- not many. And and I look at them as my children. It's like yeah. a hen looking at her little chicks and thinking, "Wow, they're." They're growing up, yeah. <laughs> and they're do- they're doing so well. And they're, I think, to have pride in that is a good thing. That yeah. because that that's where God would, I think, have us um, be rejoicing. That you know, um, and so God God did that with um, with was it Moses or with Abraham? I, I think it was Moses. Where uh, you know Abraham is overwhelmed. By by, I'm sorry. Moses is overwhelmed with what he's facing. He can't he can't do this alone. Yeah, and um and God raises up other people. Yeah, that, yeah. His father in law Jethro after. actually told yeah. him, "Hey, you, you're going to burn yourself out trying to do all exactly. this." Exactly. And a lot of sidewalk people, people with the heart to serve out there, yeah, uh, could fall into the trap of burning themselves out because there's not there's not other people right. to do this thing. Yeah. And so I'll say with this. Your time, certainly out there on the sidewalk is important. Babies are dying. Somebody needs to be there. But if you can spend one hour pouring in to five people that you can kind of set in motion to do this thing, you would be better than spending three hours on the sidewalk. Does that make sense? It does, because you're multiplying through um, it's no longer you alone. You are ultimately it's a lot of work. In the beginning, yeah. but ultimately they will be released to uh, carry on and even expand yeah. uh, upon yeah. what what you've been able to do. So that was a really good one, I thought, because there is the tendency for I think all of us when we get overwhelmed to feel we're I'm all alone in this, right. and maybe we're all alone in this because we haven't poured into others enough and and set into motion the people that will carry on because yeah. we will all not be here forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sadly. True. So um, one that really resonated with me 
Insecurity will emotionally rearrange everything you see and hear as a leader. Right. Yeah. And I think that relates very, very much so to some of the things we've already said, like yeah. how you take criticism yes. yeah. or um, how you handle uh, watching others take your banner and run and do better than you. Yeah. But um, you can really, if you're looking through the eyes of insecurity as a leader, it can be toxic. Yeah. You oh, can absolutely. look at everyone in the most negative light. And I can remember you saying many times to me, me, Daniel, assume the best yeah. in people. Now, sometimes when you have assumed the best, it's inaccurate. Yeah. But it's still it's an attitude that I think is good to cultivate. Absolutely. Assume the best and you are much less likely to Find evil where it really never was. Yeah. But out of your insecurity, you're seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing. Yeah. yeah. The devil does a very good job of building a case against people right. and against organizations, churches, yeah. or whatever in the minds of people who are insecure. Yeah. And in the minds of people who are secure, by the way, let me, let me tell you, <laughs> the devil is the accuser of the brethren, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he's going to accuse you. He's the devil. I've seen it so often. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of others where the devil will line things up just so just in just the right way where someone ignoring you at church mm -hmm. or at least what you think is ignoring you mm -hmm. at church and and, and and you feel like, okay, I've encountered them three times at church, and they haven't even acknowledged me, and we, we're friends, and they haven't even said hey to me, right? Yeah. And you're thinking, well, they hate me, and you build this whole case against them. Well, right. they hate me, and so, yeah, I don't have a reason to like them either. You start to build a case. When meanwhile, what's happening behind the scenes is each time they pass by you, one time their their kid was throwing up and they're running past you to the bathroom. Another yeah. time, you know, the accident happened. The other yeah. time they got an emergency phone call. You know what I'm saying? Like the devil can line that stuff up. So you have to. And this takes some very, very disciplined thinking mm -hmm. and being very surrendered to the Lord in this. Mm -hmm. You have to believe the best about your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Right. You don't have an op you do not have the option. Yeah. To believe the worst about your brothers and sisters in Christ. Until, unless you're proven wrong. Unless if you're, proven you're proven wrong, wrong then yes. you can reassess, but your initial assessment yeah. should be. Um, one of the people that came to mind to me biblically and what I thought about is what I see with insecure leaders is they will seek to control. Yeah. And they become tyrants. Right. And the story in the Bible of Rehoboam, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, he became king as a young man, asked this this story, by the way, I forget where it's in it. Um, I'll find the reference. I think it's in the article somewhere. Yeah. But um, uh, he, he yeah, asked... First Kings. First okay, Kings, it's First Kings. Chapter 12. Okay, so he asks the... Um, as when he comes in to, uh, to become a king as a young man, he goes to the elders, which was appropriate, and says, hey, how should I lead these people? Yeah. And they recommend gentleness. But he's an insecure guy. Yeah. He goes and to asks his buddies his age who say, double down on what right, your father yeah. did. Be even harsher. And it ends up dividing the kingdom of Israel forever. Yeah. Um, so here's an insecure leader who takes the advice of a bunch of friends— Probably his drinking buddies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it and it and it does it doesn't go well yeah. um, at all. So uh, d tyrants, I think, are people that are very insecure. Yeah. And they seek to control 
through a very inappropriate way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, leadership is, um, well, John Maxwell, who's a leadership guru, says leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. Yeah. Um, Which is true. But if you think about leadership in the context, especially what we're talking about, is its relational influence. Like leadership is relationship. Sure. We're building relationships. Now, at the end of the day, as leaders, we have to make certain decisions and we have to say, well, this this is not going to be the way that it is. This is going to be the way that it is. We have to make those decisions from time to time. Yeah. Um, But most of the time we can make good decisions in relationship with the people that we're leading and they can actually help inform our decisions, right? We want to bring them along, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, if we're insecure, we can't do that. If we're insecure, we yeah. almost like, and sometimes an insecure leader, they're affected by those that they're leading in such a way that where they cower down in a corner, right? And so they don't want to lead. And then they pendulum swing the other direction because of their insecurities and they lead like a tyrant. So yeah. either you're, yeah. you know, you're a puppy dog in the corner is afraid or you're a tyrant. And yeah. so good leadership is very balanced in its security. And so if you're insecure, if you see some insecurities in your leadership, bring it to the Lord. Ask him yeah. to help you yeah. to be secure. You got to be first and foremost secure in who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then secure in your calling. Are you really called to this thing? Mm-hmm. And quite likely you are if you're in this ministry, you're called to it. You didn't step into it in the flesh probably. And so if you're called to it and you're in Christ, um then that's the foundation of your security, again, your relationship with him, and ask the Lord to help you to build on that foundation. Right, right. I love the next one because this was what gave me hope. Right. Leadership happens over time, not overnight. Yeah. And I will tell you, when I first stepped into leadership roles, yes, I I really struggled in, I'm sure, every one of these areas, and still do in some of these areas, but there's hope. If you are a good leader, and you're following God as your ultimate leader, um, he will help you to develop these skills that you need to be yeah. the best leader yeah. that you can be. It, it does it does take time. And we see that throughout the Bible. Um, yeah, no doubt. With, with all the great leaders of the Bible. Yeah. Um, they developed over time. You know, Moses started off by killing um, <laughs> killing a fellow Egyptian, or killing a, the the man who killed a fellow Egyptian, and then, but he, or a fellow um, Hebrew. But then, I forget the story, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he killed an Egyptian taskmaster <laughs> right. that was uh, disciplining one of his Hebrew one brothers. Of his, and, you know, and that was probably him. not the, you know, the most appropriate response for him to take, but yeah. he grew as a leader, and yeah. and, and all of us can. Yeah, and, absolutely. And and that will not happen unless you put some work. Listen, ministry is work. Leadership yeah. is work. Relationships take work. Yeah. Now, I don't mean like works-based salvation or anything like that, but if you're going to grow in your leadership, mm-hmm. you're going to have to put some work into it. Yeah. You you need to read leadership books, and there's yeah. a lot of them. I've mentioned John Maxwell. Um, he's got a book called Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. We actually went through it together. We went through that. It's a great book. And um, there's some other podcasts. Now, all of this stuff, some, some of John Maxwell's stuff, like, I have to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. There's some things where I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. It didn't seem so biblical. 
I could be wrong. I'm, I'm at least smart enough to know that guy's been walking with God longer than I. I could be wrong and him right. So if there's things you need to sort through with some of his stuff or like uh, Craig Groeschel has a leadership podcast, which has been awesome to me. There's some stuff in it that's a little like, eh, I don't know, he's speaking to businessmen and not really speaking to, to ministry leaders. But for the right. most part, it's like meat. You yeah. know, yeah. So you've got to put some work into personal development and growing as a leader. Of of course, putting work into um, cultivating your relationship with Jesus and prayer mm-hmm. and in His Word, right, and fellowship with other believers. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And so um, stick with it. If you guys need some suggestions for good leadership books to uh, listen to or to read. I do a lot of listening. I listen to a lot of podcasts and and listen to a lot of books Then I would be more than willing to shoot those along. Um, I think getting a hold of this article would be great. Listening to this podcast maybe is a a good first step, but let's jump into our next couple of points. We've got just a few minutes or actually a little over time. Yeah. And so let's uh, try to knock these couple last couple points out. Yeah. Well, the next one, making complex things simple. Yeah. And, um, uh, that's the role of a leader, not to make simple things complex. There are so many times, just at this point, it's a little bit obvious, but yeah. there are so many times when I will read an article and I'll think, gosh, this guy is really well, uh, well acclaimed. And this is obviously such a smart guy. And I don't understand a word of what he said. Yeah. And I know I'm, a, I'm not a dumb person. So, but if I can't understand the depth of his thought, he probably should have made it easier yeah. to understand. And good leaders will do that. They they should not be out just to impress you with all the big words right. they can use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as it pertains to, like, processes, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about some strategies, some sidewalk strategies and things like that. Right. Um, you know, we tried our best to kind of break those down and make those pretty, pretty simple. It's not, it's not rocket surgery. That's no. one guy said, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so being intentional about the way that you communicate certain things, if there are certain things that need to be a certain way, for example, if you're leading a team, a sidewalk team, and there's a, they're, they're not doing so great a job at passing out literature and there's some things that they need to do to improve it. Yeah. Don't be super complex in what you're saying. Be very simple and to the point and just say, hey, you know, if you stand here and you look that way and you smile in your way and you wave, it's going to be more effective. Rather than trying to break down the, the psychology of the whole thing, just make it make it simple. Yeah. And a way to make complex things simple that uh-huh. I've learned uh-huh. is with analogies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With analogies. Yeah. There's actually some complexity, believe it or not, to holding signs at an abortion center. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Yes, because I've heard, the, I've listened to this podcast. <laughs> yes. There's some complexities to it. There's some things that you can do to make it more effective, and there's some good um, psychological reasons why you do those things. Right, right. But what I do to help when I'm training people to hold signs is I give them an analogy. Hey, you know, there's there's these companies like Sweet Frog. Right. Right. Elijah, one of our guys here locally, he, he actually runs a Sweet Frog yeah. as well as does Sidewalk Ministry. Um, but we see them, and there's other businesses, mattress companies and stuff, where they literally hire someone to hold a sign out front. Right. Right? Why do they do that? Why do they pay someone like, yeah, I don't know, 10, 12 bucks an hour or something like that to hold a sign out front? Because they know that people will engage with a message that's associated with another person than yeah. a message that's just stuck in the ground or on a billboard. Right. Right? That's an yeah. analogy. And so why would yeah. I hold a sign in front of the abortion center when I could just prop it up or whatever? Yeah. It's because people will engage with people, 
right? Yeah. And so yeah. I helped to make that complex thing, like instead of, you know, you need to not put this sign on that. And, and so maybe I'm making it a little too complex. <laughs> there's different ways you can use signage and you can prop them up and, and God will use that. But there's a more a more excellent way. There's a more effective way, depending on, you know, the, the manpower that you have. What I'm trying to say is use analogies yeah. to help people connect with, whether it's whatever it has to do with, whether it's the way that they arrange their team, the way that they lead their team, the way that they hand out literature, the way that they hold up signs, whatever it is, I think helping people with analogies really helps them connect with with certain uh, truths and and gets them on board. Jesus used it with the parables. Yeah. But I want to get back to um, what we started with, that the best leader is is a servant and the the parable that that I thought of parable a story to hear make this complex thought simple okay. Jesus used parables all the yeah. time is is when he washes the feet of the disciples yeah. in in John 13 I think that's such a beautiful picture and and in fact he actually says you call me teacher and lord and you are right um, so he is teaching them. He is he is leading them, and he teaches and leads them by showing them that I, if I then the Lord and the teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So yeah. I think he's teaching a very critical point that you raised at the beginning of a true leader gets down and does yeah. what he is telling the others to do yeah. and humbles himself and yeah. is serves yeah. in in his capacity as as leader. So he's our model. Right. And I think that passage, just reading and truly understanding that passage goes a long way, I think, to helping us to understand what a great leader looks yeah. like. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a leader. Yeah. Until they're actually leading. Yeah. And then you realize like leadership is hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think of James and John. Remember, they asked Jesus, mm-hmm. who, can, who who of us can sit on your right hand and on your left hand? You know, they they're want asking, the exalted position because yeah, they, they that's leadership. what everybody thinks about a leader. Oh, he gets all the glory. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they want some leadership. Yeah. They want some influence. And, uh, you know, the reality is Jesus being the best leader, what does his leadership lead him to? Mm-hmm. To sacrifice, yeah. to lay his life down for the sake of others. Yeah, leadership takes sacrifice. Now, there's rewards in it, there's blessings in it, but it's not all fun and games. The leader really should be the first one there and the last one to leave in a lot yeah. of ways. Now, yeah. you can raise up people, and and I, I get it. You raise up team leads. You don't want to burn yourself out unnecessarily, mm-hmm. but especially in the beginning stages of your leadership and sidewalk ministry, you you should be the first one there. Right. You should not, as a leader, if there's a certain sidewalk time, let's say nine o'clock is like like we try to get our teams here. Yeah, you should be there before nine o'clock. Yep. Even if you've got team leads that are heading up that particular day, if they know you're going to be there, you should be there early. Right. You should be there before they get there, yeah. and you should encourage them. And you're not there before they get there, and you're letting them know, oh, you know, I, I got here five minutes ago, guys. Where you been? No, you're there. You're there to help lead. You're there to to really model leadership, yeah. which is sacrificial. Yeah. Um, you're not the guy who, when it's so hot outside that you can't bear it, that you decide, well, I'm actually going to take a break from sidewalk ministry today. No, you be intentional and make sure you're out there on the hottest days yeah. because you want to show your teams that you're a sacrificial leader. You're not doing it just to show them that, but you're doing that so that they understand that this leader, this person who's leading us, is a good a sacrificial, a, a Christ-like 
leader. Now, we're mm-hmm. all imperfect in, in various ways, but ask for the grace of God to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, be intentional about yeah. laying your life down for the sake of those who are, who are under you. And uh, pour into others so that yeah. they'll lead and take it further than you ever could. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, guys, we hope this podcast was a blessing to you. We went over a little longer than we, we wanted to. We try to shoot for 30 minutes on these just so you guys can consume them. But we're lousy leaders. But we're learning. And <laughs> we're, we're we'll learning. probably be better next time after this one. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully we'll be better next time. Um, but we hope this was a blessing to you guys. We'd love for you guys to reach out to us. Let us know, you know maybe some subjects we can cover in the future. Let us know. We've had a few people recently let us know these podcasts were a blessing. That's encouraging to us. Just sure knowing is. that we're, yeah, we're pouring out some stuff. Yeah. And hopefully we're raising up leaders behind us that can yeah. take this thing and run with it. And so certainly you can reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky, with a Y, yes. at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for grass. I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you